Hello and welcome to the Way Family Podcast. In this week's episode, we'll be talking about camping with a baby, what to do, what not to do, and how to make camping experience enjoyable. We'll also mention some random things like milkshakes in Hume Lake and how to deal with annoying people. Today joining me are Zach and Hannah Way. Zach, how's your week been so far? Well, it has been pretty good. Pretty good. It's been really, really busy. So I worked Monday through Thursday, then drove up to Hume on Friday, then worked eight hours on Friday, and then eight hours today, which is Saturday, and then we'll work tomorrow and then drive back home. So it's been a long week, but it's been good. It's been fun. Yeah. How about you, Hannah? Hannah, how's your week been so far? Um, Pretty great, I would say. We're up here in Hume Lake, one of my favorite places ever in the mountains, and um, I'm just here hanging with Forrest, basically. And he is cool, like usual, and, um, yep, we walked around the lake today, got a milkshake, you know, life is good. (laughs) So good, so good. So are you guys wondering who's asking us the questions? It's Logan, our friend. (laughs) Tricked you there. Did you think you were listening to a wrong podcast? Okay, just kidding. Um, So this is Logan. Hello, everyone. And he is our friend from Hume. I think we met him through my sister Mallory. They did a one-year Bible program together, and we saw him yesterday and said, "Hey, want to be on the podcast?" Because <laughs> we had to record. So here we are. It's a big honor for me to be here. <laughs> <laughs> He's a listener. He listens to the podcast. Yeah, we're in the like we have a lodge kind of. It's more like a hotel, but we are in like the recreation the room. Lobby. Yeah, the lobby. And uh, we're set up on like a little coffee table. It's pretty, pretty cool. I even got little styrofoam cups of water. So we're, we're real professional. Oh yeah. So you went to the Joshua Wilderness Institute, which is where Hannah and I met. And then we met you because Hannah's sister went there. A couple years later. Yeah. A couple years later. And uh, why don't you just tell us like one, two minutes about what that is and what it was like or you can take longer than two minutes you know however we'll keep it short but uh the joshua wilderness institute's just like hannah said it's a bible institute that kind of just goes to teaching you how to live in community in a day-to-day life while um, applying biblical principles to your life um it's a great program i had a great time i have met some of my greatest friends through that just through learning how to live in community in a practical way um with a lot of tough aspects to it. Um, learning how to let community um, see the worst in you so they can, they can bring out the best in you. Um, it was a great program. I was really honored to just live up at Hume Lake and have a lot of fun up here. And it's great being in the mountains and just kind of being able to be a mountain man for a while. Um, and you get to travel a bunch. And so that's awesome too. So yeah. Cool. What would you say was like the biggest thing that you learned during your year? If you could put it into one or two sentences. Yeah, I actually, um, I learned how to be served to, to serve. Um, Hmm. I had a lot of, uh, just always trying to do everything myself and serve, 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 serve without stopping and just kind of resting God's presence and letting 
the gospel serve me um, mm-hmm. and just forgiving my sins, also just letting my community serve me so that they can feel like they've been serving and kind of learning to be served to serve them in a way. And huh. so that was kind of my biggest lesson. Cool. Um, well, now you are up here for the coming summer, right? So what are you going to be doing and what have you been doing these last couple of summers up at Hume? The last uh, few summers, a few summers back, I was um, able to run the skate park up at Hume and kind of do some ministry through that. Um, and then last summer I came back after a few years and was able to run the skate park again. Um, and then this year I have the great honor to actually design a skate park for them to do some construction work for them. And um, I've been up there the last week just kind of tearing the place apart and rebuilding it. from the, so That's awesome. So summer up here is pretty crazy for people who have not uh, been to Hume. There's, I'm going to say, roughly like 2,000 kids up here between high school and junior high and um, little little kids. And um, it can get like insane. I think pretty soon here you guys are going to get all your summer staffers in. And then... Um, Tell us just like the craziest um, thing that has happened at the skate park. Um, that's a good one. Knock on wood, I've had a couple good summers of not a lot of injuries. I think that's what first comes to my mind when I think about craziness up there. Yeah, um, is this injuries? But I had a eighth grader up there last year, and he uh, he was running up one of the ramps, and the metal part at the top of the ramp is called coping, and he smacked his shin on the coping and split his whole shin open and he sat up on the ramp for maybe like 30 minutes and one of his friends came over and said hey my friend's bleeding uh, pretty badly and he says he's fine but he won't come over to you Um, can you just come look at him and just looking at the uh, for me I'm not a nurse or anything yeah I could never do that in my life uh, just for that uh, just for uh, blood and flesh reasons <laughs> yeah um, gore <laughs> for gore reasons and uh looking at this kitchen it was split just right up the middle and it, oh boy it almost the shin bone pushed through the skin and uh. i'm sorry for all the listeners out there that have weak stomachs <laughs> but it, it just opened up like kind of like a v-shape and you could see down to the bone and all the tissue was coming out and so um, just the fact that he was just sitting up there not crying and just that was kind of like the gnarliest thing I've ever seen up there. Yeah. And uh, he actually like four hours later, they took him down and they got him stitched up and he came back up and he was just rolling around on a skateboard like four hours later. And it was like, that is crazy. Yeah, and, his, and his counselors gave him okay to do it. And he was just a tough kid. But for the fact of his age and just seeing that was pretty tough. Yeah. When you're young, I feel like you like, I mean, even babies, like the babies bounce if they fall and they just get right back up. And like little kids, they, I don't know what it is, but like if I was to hurt myself, I would like be in bed the next day and the day after that, just like falling down the stairs or something. Um, when I worked up here, we had, we, uh, we were playing this game, uh, Kajabi can can, and we had someone dislocate their shoulder and they had to get hella lifted out or med- or whatever it's called. And that was, that was pretty crazy. Um, I think that was my my craziest thing. Can you tell us real quick any story that you know about Bob Phillips? Um, yeah, actually, um, 
I hope this is okay, but I'm actually going to kind of make up a story. Um, <laughs> it's probably Baltimore. true. Oh, it is. And that's the thing. Actually, um, they were talking about uh, a few years back, a couple of Joshua classes back, there was a Wildwood fl- uh, fire um, set uh, um, set by one of the... Yeah, uh, that was our class. That was your guys' <laughs> class. Um, this works out well. And so I was talking to Philip Hamilton, one of the fire chiefs up here um, at Hume Lake, and... He was talking about how they had to call in teams from the county um, to come up and help put out this fire up at Wildwood. Um, uh, And for those who do not know what Wildwood is, it's a little separate camp to Hume Lake, just kind of at the top of the mountain. And it's kind of like a mini discipleship school. Um, But it's out in the middle of the forest and it's just kind of surrounded by wilderness and really easy for fires to take off. And they're talking about how Bob Phillips just came up there by himself and just kind of just jumped into the crowds and was putting out the fire basically by himself. And well, <laughs> he rolled up in his whatever that yellow thing is, Bobcat. He had like yellow fire gear on. I can vividly remember seeing him driving down the Wildwood Road in his Bobcat and he just is going straight for the fire. I remember that. Yeah, what, what happened is, okay, so one of my friends started the fire. Accidentally, and he had the nickname um, Naked Blank the Fireman uh, because he started the fire and sometimes he was naked. And uh, he he started a fire um, and then he he covered it with uh, dirt and sand and stuff, but the wind blew it, blew the sand away and the embers, then they started a fire and it was just like a huge, like, it just it just burst open and we were all out in the wilderness and i just hear someone yelling fire fire it is a bunch of like 18 19 20 year olds so i was like okay stop like this isn't funny just shut up and then more people started yelling it and i was like really come on and then like everyone started heading up the hill and the next thing we know we're like we're all surrounded up by the the kitchen and we're trying to figure out where everyone is and if we have all the students. And down the Wildwood Hill, Bob Phillips comes in his tractor, just charging straight into the smoke and the fire. So that's actually a real one. That's awesome. Can you just tell them about Bob Phillips? Nobody knows. Bob Phillips is an author of kid joke books. Lots of books. Squeaky clean jokes for kids. And... Um, also some other, like, mm, some other kinds of books. I don't know. He Doesn't he have his doctorate? I don't know, but he he was the director of Hume for a while, like a long time, and he's had a lot to do with Hume, and he's, like, he's a higher up at Hume, but he shows up in all these random places at random times. Like, one time I was, we were testing a tube run once when we were Joshua students, which it was supposed to be the longest tube run in North America or something. They haven't made that... They didn't finish it for whatever reason, but we were testing it and we're supposed to wear bright colored clothing so they could take photos of us going down the longest tube run in America that hasn't been built yet. And it was not ready for people to be on. And it was like, it was like a massacre. Okay. So I was going on the tube. I fling around this corner and hit this icy like snowbank with roots sticking out of it like tree roots sticking out and i hit my head on there and i like got a something on my head 
And then the person behind me ran over me with her tube. And then Bob Phillips ran out of the woods and like scooped me up. Like I kid you not, he picked me up in his arms and was like checking my head for blood and was like carrying me to safety. And I was like, is the, am I like concussed? I like didn't know what was going on, but he's crazy. No, he's not crazy. He's great, but weird. Yeah. He's like a, he's like a phantom up here yeah. and there's so many stories of him just showing up and I don't know which ones are true and which ones are not true, but I told my students when they were, we, I mean, when we came up here that if they're doing anything that they're not supposed to do, that Bob Phillips is going to find them he because he typically does. He yeah. I don't think that he sleeps. What what's that called when you don't sleep? Um, it's called something. Narcolepsy. No, that's when. <laughs> uh, I was gonna say narcolepsy. Insomnia. Insomnia. Yeah, I think that he's an insomniac, so he doesn't sleep, and he writes a bunch of books, and he catches people from dying or from doing bad things. So. So I was sitting in the um, admin center uh, with a bunch of the office staff up here at Hume Lake, and we were joking just kind of that same concept of how he is a phantom and kind of how he just has all these random stories. And we started just kind of saying Bob Phillips, the man, the legend, and how he just kind of is always a saving superhero up here at Hume and comes out of nowhere at random times, and it's amazing. And so There was one time where I wished that he would have shown up, but he did not. Uh, when I was a lifeguard up here, um, 2010, I think a while ago, there was a kid that went missing that was swimming in the lake. And so they called all the lifeguards and the lifeguards had to swim the lake in a grid pattern. And so it's like, you're swimming for like a mile, like you're swimming for a while looking for this kid. And it turns out he went swimming. And then as soon as no one was looking, he went back to shore to go um, make out with his girlfriend in the woods, and oh. he was he was there the whole time. So I wish Bob Phillips would have caught him because I was yeah. swimming for like an hour, maybe two hours, and I'm not a great swimmer. I was a lifeguard, but I'm not like a great swimmer. <laughs> so Gosh. yeah, that was fun. Um, so today we're gonna talk about camping with a baby, what to do, what not to do, and how to have an enjoyable time. Well, basically just what we've learned in our time is camping with Forrest. We're not pros, but we know some things because we have a baby and we go camping. Yeah. So we'll get back to that right after this break. And we're back. What? All right. So we said we would talk about random things and milkshakes and camping with a baby, which is our you know topic for today random things random things so um first milkshakes so hume lake has the best milkshakes ever they have a ton of flavors of ice cream and you can mix like as many as you want or you could just do one or whatever our favorite well our recent favorite. our recent favorite is cappuccino crunch and cookies and cream but we used to get cookie dough mixed with mint chip that was really good that was pretty good peanut butter mixed with or peanut butter cup mixed with oreo not that big of a fan what i just don't like peanut butter in ice cream it's weird doesn't mix oh god 
gosh i can't believe i'm hearing this well i loved it it's very good well basically all the flavors are really good and they're like so thick and they're just the best milkshakes ever and we got probably you know three the weekend within the whole weekend yeah so we just got back from hume and Mm -hmm. we did the intro with our friend logan so um i thought today was the longest drive ever oh yeah it was crazy well i don't know so i took some high schoolers up and we got back but before we left we went and saw like uh general grant which is a giant sequoia tree and it was a lot of their first times ever seeing a giant sequoia and so they were stoked on life but the night before that i went to take them to go look at the stars at this special place called inspiration point and there was so much um, clouds that they couldn't see the stars, but we went and we got milkshakes because they just had worked eight hours in the kitchen. And so we went, I got them all milkshakes, and then we drove up. We all piled in. There was like 12 of us, and one... Someone farted. One of them farted, and it w- was horrible. And it, it caused two people to throw up, it, yeah, literally. It Really, one of the students threw up out the window and then threw up again <laughs> once we got up there. I mean, we were driving on a dirt road at night, and I was like driving. I mean, I was I was having fun, um, but remaining safe. And uh, when we finally got there, another one of the students threw up because it was so bad. And another one <laughs> of the students spilled his milkshake all over himself. Who? It, Caleb. <laughs> in his brand new oh, shirt. Yeah. And... Um, he uh well anyways yeah it was it was a ton of fun it was a ton of fun up at hume and um they got to experience some new things for the first time um and forrest did too yeah and forrest did too we took him on a walk we put him on a leash i took my belt off we wrapped it around him and we turned it into a leash it was kind of necessary on that bridge because there's big holes that he could definitely have fallen right out of so forrest might be a leash kid now yeah, and this we've always been against it, but now we see the sense in it. <laughs> yeah, we were always against leash kids, and whenever I saw a leash kid, I just thought that their parents were like some horrible human being. But I have seen the light. Yeah, it's really for their own safety. Yeah, because for those of you who don't have babies, you don't know that at every yeah. waking second they are trying to kill themselves. You can't judge because you don't know what they're like. They tried he, to Forrest commit suicide probably 20 times a day. Into traffic, to, not traffic, but he almost ran into the street today. He's so fast. Like I was literally locking the door and he was right by me. And then I tried to lock, I was locking the door. And as I turned around, he was running down the lawn onto the sidewalk about to run into the street. And now I understand why parents put their kids on leashes. Luckily he stopped though. He did stop. He knows he's supposed to stop. So... This is like one of the only times that he stopped. But he usually doesn't care. Leash kid parents, I understand you now. Yes, we welcome. No, you welcome us, please. Welcome us into your club. <laughs> welcome us. Tell into us your where club. you get your leashes. <laughs> yeah, we want an Ewok one, one that makes him feel a little bit cool. Yeah, maybe like a Chewbacca backpack that yeah. has a leash, and yeah. we can put his snacks in it. Yeah, snacks. He'll love that. He says snacks like this. Snack. <laughs> Really How does he say it? Snack. Like, he says like an H, like, snack. Snack is really cute. Oh. Anyways. Well, um, so there's all the random stuff for so you. So there's all the random <laughs> stuff. Yep. Well, actually, I said how to deal with annoying people. 
in our lives why we have some annoying people and you just can't avoid them i feel like we talked about that last time oh no i'm not talking about haters i'm just talking about annoying people oh. or like they kind of push your buttons i just try not to let it bother me that's my only advice yeah i just um try to recognize that they might have a different personality type and not try to judge them for being different than me but also there comes a point when you have to tell you have to tell them like you're being annoying no i don't know if you mean to be yeah i think there is I a think point it depends on your relationship with the person right right because if it's just some random person well, if it is somebody that you see every day, then maybe then it's like, hey, why do you have to be like this all the time? Are you doing this on purpose? What's your deal, man? Or maybe even just asking them, hey, do you know that when you insert the blank? Insert the blank? Oh. <laughs> do you know when you do this thing, it is annoying to other people? But there are so many nicer ways that you could word that, though. Like, if you said that to me, that would hurt my feelings. Like, do you know when you do this, it's so annoying? That would hurt my feelings. Well, I guess, yeah. You maybe should say it nicer. I think that you should also remember that... I don't know why, really, we're talking about this. Because this is not our subject. But if you Well, remember I had some annoying that, people that I was dealing with lately. Okay. If you remember that every person has, like their own story and a reason why they are the way that they are. I think that's important to remember, especially when you're dealing with someone who bugs you or who's annoying or who's not very nice. You should remember that when you're going to talk to them about their annoying or mean or whatever thing that they do. Yeah, like sometimes people only like to talk about themselves or only like to talk about one thing. Or maybe they the way that they talk is demeaning and rude or like they're bossy or they're just like awkward. And sometimes they might not even be aware of it. Probably but most of the time. I feel you like. could be the one to say to them in a nice way. You can run it by your wife first. <laughs> it's always a good thing. That's what I always have to do because <laughs> I just come across as rude yeah. when I'm telling someone that they're rude. Yeah, yeah. And then I'm the rude one. Yeah. And then they're going to have a talk with you. <laughs> yeah. And then Excuse they're going to talk to their wife. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> but I just have to <laughs> be aware that they might not even know that they are... Like, there's someone that I work with, and every single day brings up the same topic. And every single day, I'm like, I don't want to talk about this. This is not what I want to talk about. And then I get Facebook messages, and then <laughs> I get texts, and I'm just like, please stop. So... What you can do is you can just change the conversation. Say, you know what? I don't really want to talk about Ted Cruz right now. What do you think about the Sharks losing? <laughs> Especially if they're a Kings fan. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know. No, the Sharks losing. No, the Sharks winning. The Sharks have been doing pretty good lately. Um, I have no idea, but, you know, with this particular person. Well, I hear about, about it every winning. single day, but <laughs> there's there's a lot of different ways that you can learn to deal with people. But the worst way to deal with people is to not deal with them at all and just think that you can tolerate them forever. No. Yeah, I think that's the worst way. I think because it just builds get... up. It just builds no. up and then you're like, oh, I hate this person so much. No, not much. always. It doesn't always build up. If you just like... I when certain things happen like that, I'm a, more of a non-confrontational person, so that wouldn't be my first thing to think like go to the person and be like, "Hey, you're annoying." 
my first thing would be like to change my mindset and be like, I'm not going to let that bother me. And it may or may not work. You know, sometimes it doesn't. And then if it gets to that point, then I probably should be talking to that person. But if it doesn't, and then I change my mindset and I could just like let them do their thing and do my own thing and not let it bother me. See, my first natural inclination is to say, excuse me, you are being rude and or annoying. (laughs) Please stop it. But my second (laughs) is to do what Hannah just said because she's wearing off on me. Uh And maybe that's a good thing. Maybe it's not. Maybe I should just say, hey, stop sucking so bad. Maybe we need the balance of you saying stop sucking and me not letting it bother me. Because I don't think you would ever tell someone that. I don't think I would. Well, it depends. It really depends on their relationship. Like for you, I would tell you. I'd be like, yo, stop sucking. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I would be nicer about it. Probably depending on my emotions. But yeah. Anyways, this is not our main subject, so we need to move on. Yeah, so we are talking about camping with a baby today, and we have slash a little toddler. bit... Yeah, slash toddler. So Forrest is about one and a half years old, and we've gone camping with him a number of times so yeah. far. We have yet to go backpacking with him, but we have a couple of tips of things that we have learned. And, and we're not pros or anything, and we're not like being sponsored or anything like that. This is just actually campingwithbabies.com dot com is sponsoring. Stop. We, this is just things that we've learned in our last couple of trips. It's di- like when they're baby babies, it's so different from like now when he's a toddler. Cause I think it's when, easier when they're babies. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because when he was like, we took him camping for the first time when he was like a month and a half old, or like maybe two months old, and that seems like a breeze compared to now because he just he would sleep in between us you know he'd wake up and out feed him and go back to sleep and we just stuck him in the carrier and would hike around with him we would swing in the hammock like all day long it was just seemed like so nice but now it's like Forrest needs to be entertained he will not sleep in between us if he sleeps in between us, no one will sleep. You know, it's like all yeah, this he, stuff. He kicks mom in the face and he pulls my beard and scratches mm-hmm. my eyeballs. He crazy. So, and then he also needs to be like doing something at all times and he'll just like wander off. If like, you know, if you're at home, you can kind of just like let him do his own thing. But not if you're camping, because if you let him do his own thing, he will probably go play in the He's street. Gonna get poison oak. Or get poison oak or, you know, get eaten by a bear or get. I don't Try know, to eat so dirt. many things. Well, that happens inevitably, but yeah. anyways, so we're, we're going to focus on more like camping with an older baby slash toddler, because uh, yeah. that's the tips that we think that are more useful, I guess. I actually looked at this up online. I looked up camping in the snow with a baby, because when we went to Yosemite, yeah. and there was a, like two blog posts about it that I found online. And they weren't really helpful. That one was. Yes, it was. It was helpful. One of them was. No, one of them, they were just camping in their backyard in the snow. Oh, well, because they said, we recommend camping backyard in your backyard with the snow first before you go out for real. And we're like, we don't have snow in our backyard. Yeah, we can't do that. We live in California. We don't even have a backyard. Well, we didn't. Now we do. Yeah. And we were going to go to Yosemite. We talked about it on here. And it was going to be snowing. And so we looked up these blogs. Well, Zach did. And then... One of them was a little bit helpful, but it wasn't anything that I hadn't heard of before. Yeah. Yeah. It was just like reminding me of important things. So I guess that's um, the the most important thing is everything that applies to you uh, when camping also applies to a kid. So don't bring like too much because you're not going to have enough room in the car 
um, if you're camping in your car and it look at what the weather is and definitely look at the weather and plan accordingly and accordingly. That was like our first thing was keep them, keep your kid warm. So for forest, well, in the snow, we have like a couple layers for him. Well, anytime we go camping, we have a base layer for him. It's a Capoline onesie and pants. Yeah, it's, Kapaline, like, right? it, yeah, it's the Patagonia like base layer baby set. Yeah, that's important. A non-cotton base layer so, to keep them warm, especially at night. Um, and then we have... We made we had a fleece and then we had a snowsuit for when he was going to be actually in the snow, you know, a waterproof thing. So make sure you check if it's going to be raining or snowing because you're going to need something waterproof. Otherwise, it's going to be so miserable and you're going to have to be like in your car or your tent the entire time. And you don't want to do that, especially with a toddler who loves to run. That is not something that you want to do. So make yeah. sure you have a waterproof thing. And you want to stay away from cotton. I was just I'm, I'm big into fabric. <laughs> It, um, I don't know if there's a better way of putting that, but yeah, I like fabric. Sounds okay. So weird. <laughs> um, and so for the past couple of years, especially when I, when I did the 100 thing challenge, I was reading through this book called, um, the ABCs to like ultralight backpacking by, and well, by Mike Cleland. I think that's the, the name of the book at least. And it, there um, is a little section about fabric and what kind of fabric you want. And so I applied that to the 100 Things Challenge. And so I got rid of almost all my clothes that were cotton because I wasn't showering very often. I wasn't washing my clothes very often. And I wanted clothes that could perform for a while and would last for a long time and were good quality cotton's really comfortable but that's pretty much the only thing that it's good for cotton soaks up all of your body moisture all of your oils all the dirt and it holds that and it retains it it does not dry fast and it gets wrinkly real easily yeah and that's a major bummer when you're camping and want to look presentable i'm just saying i'm just <laughs> saying like almost everything i have from cotton on well I don't have really anything anymore, but everything I've ever gotten from cotton on, like it looks so cute on the rack. And then like anytime I want to wear it, it's like wrinkled into oblivion. So, I mean, that's another thing, but sorry, sidetracked, go on. So uh, one of the main reasons why people wear clothes is for insulation. Babies, same thing. I mean, some people it's for fashion and to look a certain way, but the main reason that we wear clothes is for insulation cotton keeps you warm by trapping um, the warm air near your skin but when cotton gets wet it doesn't insulate anymore because all of the air in the fabric fills up and it uh, it will not keep you warm anymore it also absorbs all of your sweat um, just like a sponge and it takes a long time to dry out with synthetic fabrics and with wool wait so with cotton that can give you what's the bad thing about having wet clothing in cold it can give you hypothermia right it can give you hypothermia but it's also is very hard to warm back up and it's not like your kid's gonna be telling you like hey i'm cold especially if it's a toddler it's not gonna be like mom my clothes are wet please give me dry clothes so they're they're not gonna be able to tell you like when their cotton clothing is wet so just don't give them cotton. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And kids will get wet wherever they go. 
It yeah. doesn't matter if there is no water nearby. They'll spill something. They'll find a way. They'll pour something on themselves. And the cotton takes a long time to dry off, even if it's a small little... Yeah, the socks. The yeah. socks that he was wearing last night, they were still wet this morning when I went to put them on him. So synthetic clothing is a little bit more expensive. And for babies, it doesn't seem like it's worth it. But if you want to take your kid camping, you're going to have to count the cost. And you're going to have to get some type of clothing that is not cotton. I recommend having like a base layer and then having an over layer. So whether that, if it's going to be wet, you get a waterproof jacket or a synthetic filled jacket that has a DWR coating, durable water resistant coating. And that way um, your kid will stay warm and stay dry. So that's our first tip is keep them warm in the buntings <coughs> sorry the buntings which is like the onesie that's like pants and shirt and hoodie like all in one is actually really helpful for camping because we have um we have a couple different ones we have a fleece one and then the the puff ball one which is the synthetic waterproof one and there he would well, especially in the snow in Yosemite, he slept in the fleece one that was like, he slept in his base layer and the fleece that was his like pajamas and that kept him warm because he's not going to like stay under a blanket if we put a blanket over him. No, he hates so blankets. It was like, a, it was like a sleeping bag for him. And then he would wear the, the waterproof one outside in the snow. And it was, it was a perfect setup. It's really nice. Yeah. Especially for sleeping and for during the day you want to, if they're going to be walking around and the boots or shoes are not waterproof you definitely definitely want to have wool socks or yeah. synthetic socks because the cotton ones are going to soak up all the moisture from their feet and any moisture that gets in through their boots or through their shoes and if you don't want to pay like a buttload of money for baby boots that they're only going to fit in for one month yeah. Then you better make sure that you have some sort of socks or just bring a ton of extra cotton socks and change them out frequently. The second tip that we have is bring extra wet wipes. You will use them. You can never have too many wet wipes, ever. Forrest has stuff on his face all the time. Yeah. All He's the time. always got a dirty face. And for some reason, he has this fascination with picking up dirt and sifting it through his hands and then picking up more dirt and sifting it through his hands and then sometimes cool. eating it. Yeah. I think he's over the eating it, actually, which is a little sad because it means he's growing up. But I think he's over the eating dirt. So, yeah, uh, way to go, Forrest. Yeah, but he has dirty hands all the time. Yeah. And then he picks up stuff with his dirty hands and then everything just gets dirty. So not only are you having to use the wet wipes for changing diapers, but you're using the wet wipes to clean up all of the messes that he makes. Plus, if you get like wet wipes that don't have any extra added chemicals, you can use them to wipe off your dishes and things mm -hmm. like that. And it doesn't leave any taste behind or anything like that. And if your friend spills beer in your tent, you can also wipe oh, yeah. it up with the wet wipes. You can <laughs> wipe it up with some dirty clothes and then clean it with some wet wipes. Yeah, it's perfect. Or They're good for like everything. So we yeah. get the Costco ones and they are, yeah, they're nice. We and use it to wash our dishes. We use it for obviously forests and his diapers and his face. Any spills we have, especially stuff in the car. 
And if you're out for a while, say like three days, and you start to stink, you just, you know, clean yourself off with some wet wipes and you're good to go. Wet wipe shower. Yeah. So that's a nice little tip. Bring extra wet wipes. And if you don't have a baby and you're going camping, they sell the little wet wipe packages that you can buy for adults. Yeah, they have in the dollar section at Target, like the bathroom, like travel section. Yeah. Check there. They're helpful. Our third tip is snack food. Bring lots of different snacks for your kid. Also for you, you know, can never hurt. Um, Especially goldfish. We love goldfish, Cheerios. It's like when you're working. Well, for us, when I'm cooking in our little camp kitchen, it's a nice way to give Forrest a little snack, like a little appetizer before whatever meal we're going to have. You eat this snack and sit at this table nicely and I'm going to make food, you know, so he can be distracted while I am getting stuff done. Yeah. And sometimes you both have to work together. So the baby has to do something. Yeah. Like if Zach is trying to, you know, shake all the snow off our tent so our tent doesn't collapse and I'm trying to make food. Give Forrest a little snack. And he loves snacks. He loves snacks. So make sure you bring some extra snacks just in case. Tip number four. Oh, wait. Sorry. Along To go along with that, also when you're in the car, if you're traveling for like a long ways, snacks are good for that too because then you, you're, if your kid's like mad about being in the car, be like, here, here's a snack. Have a snack. It's nice. Jelly beans are really good for that. Yeah, but only one at a time. Yeah, only one at a time. Forrest is really good at saying, wah, 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 wah. Wah, putting up one finger. <laughs> he's like negotiating with us. Wah, wah. <laughs> so cute. And then he's happy for like another minute. Yeah, it's perfect. Well, we try to not give him too many jelly beans because we don't want his teeth to rot out. Yeah. But number four is pack milk in a thermos. So... I made this one up because I was going to put it in the growler, and then I was like, no, you can't put milk in the growler. That's just... Well, this is for if your kid uses milk in the bottle, you know? Right, right. So the past couple times, uh, we have put milk in the bottle. But when we took Forrest and he was just a little baby, yeah, you don't have to bring anything. Yeah. But it's nice to have it in there because you don't want to take a whole gallon like what are you gonna do take a whole half gallon in your cooler no if it's nicely in the thermos and it keeps it cold we use a stanley thermos right yeah so we use a stanley thermos and it keeps your drinks cold for i think it's 12 hours and hot for 24 or is it vice versa no it's vice versa well it is nice because you can put in just normal cold milk from the fridge fill up the thermos all the way or for however long you're going to be gone you count how many ounces they need and then pour it in there. And it really helps because it's easy to pour as the handle built in. And then you can just pour it into the bottle. And mm-hmm. it it is vacuum sealed. So you can put it in the cooler if you want. Or if you're only going to be gone for one, one, night. one night, it's totally fine. Just chilling out in the thermos and... Um, then you know that the thermos has the milk because sometimes it's easy to get things all mixed up and then you go to pour something and you're pouring the wrong thing into the bottle and you well, don't, w- <laughs> don't want to do that. Did you do that? I may have done that once or twice. <laughs> Was it with like the whiskey or something? No. 
<laughs> okay, anyways, moving on. <laughs> Number five, keep them entertained. Let me say the tips. Okay. Okay. Yeah. What's tip our number fifth, five? Our fifth tip is keep them entertained. Oh, I thought we were on six. Anyways, keep them entertained. Okay. So this, I kind of was talking about this earlier. You know how when you're at home, you have like a playroom for your kid to be in while you're doing stuff or you have your backyard enclosed with a fence. Well, when you're camping, there's usually not a fence or an enclosed house for your kid to be playing in. So you have to be like, you have to be thinking of ways to keep them entertained the whole time. Last time we went to Big Sur and also when we went to Yosemite, we put Forrest in the car with the doors closed, but the windows open so that, oh, and our back door was like our back trunk door was open. And so we could set up our tent and get camp set up. And Forrest was just so content to like climb all over the seats and like do whatever he wanted in the car for once because yeah, he's not sure allowed to do that usually. Yeah, leave the keys in the car though. Oh yeah. He almost locked himself in the car. <laughs> we learned our lesson. It was like we heard it, it beeping and we're like no and so i opened the door we like got it from him in time but he almost locked himself in the in the car so don't let them play with your keys in your car because that would be so bad how would you even talk them how would you talk a baby through unlocking themselves I mean, from the car you just break the window and seriously have to get them that would be so scary so yes so, not that kind of entertained but like books or yeah you can um, put them in the tent and like pull up the rain fly so you can still see them, but they can't go he nowhere. Did, Forrest hated that though. He, he It was like he was being like, we were just leaving him in there. He like hated it. I don't know why he liked the car and he didn't like the tent. Like that's weird. But he, for whatever reason, he hated that. But yeah, if you have books, I mean, I'm sure you have books, but bring books, bring a couple toys, just stuff to keep them entertained. And also like plan to go on a lot of little walks yeah so the other person can get some things done and you know try to make things interesting for your kid like show them rocks show them trees have them show you things yeah teach them something new and like that they can point out when they're going on walks so if they um, haven't learned what a flower is yet then you can point out flowers to them and then when they're walking along they'll point out every single flower or you can really cute Forrest just got into pine needles for some reason. <laughs> and so he likes to pick up all of the pine needles. <laughs> and, and rocks are always a fave. Yeah, he likes to collect them. And once Especially his, if they're bigger than other ones. He's like, whoa, I can't not. <laughs> yeah. And then you end up carrying those. So what you can do is when your kid's hands get full of rocks and they give them to you, you carry them for a while and then just toss them into the oh. bush. Oh, they will never know. I know. It's not like he's going to ask for his rocks later. Um, Dad, where were those rocks I let you hold? <laughs> and tip number six is... Plan out your sleeping arrangement ahead of time. This is very important. Like when Forrest was a tiny baby, he just slept in between us because that's how he was sleeping with us at home when he was two months old and a little bit after that. So you got to make sure you think about this just do all your planning because this will be what kills you if you don't plan it over yeah this can make it or break it yeah seriously a bad night camping is just like enough to ruin it for you forever so um i remember when we were going when we went camping in big sur with maya and we were both camping in our elements so we had we were sleeping in the back of our element and forrest was in the middle of us and i think he was he was eight 
or nine months old because he had started walking on that trip, remember? Right. And he was sleeping in between us. And I remember thinking like, this is the last time we're going to be able to do this because he's not sleeping. He's not going to sleep like this. And we had, (laughs) it was just, I, it was just, I had this realization because it was just so rough. We didn't get very much sleep. He was up almost the whole night kicking us, crawling around, so excited at this new crib that he has now, this whole car that he gets to crawl all around. And so just make sure you think of that ahead of time and try to make it as similar as your kids' sleeping arrangements are like at home if you can. Like for us, we have a big tent that has two compartments so we bring forest pack and play which is actually what he sleeps in at home and we put that on one side one compartment and we close the compartment and we put our sleeping mat and our sleeping bags on the other compartment so and then we separate. enter through that door it's the rei yeah. kingdom four and it is a huge tent and it weighs a ton and <laughs> we love it actually we really do love it it's so nice for this I we were always like against huge tents, but it's so helpful because we would not be able to take forest camping if we didn't have it. For real, we wouldn't be able to. Yeah, so. I get I get the large tents now, but there is a part of me that still when I see two people with like a six person tent, I'm like, okay, noobs, well, yeah. what are you even doing? Well, because we used to sleep in our our backpacking tent, our super light, tiny backpacking tent when it was just us. And that was easy and fine, but there's no way we could sleep with forest in that now. So yeah, we got a big one and we love it. Another way that you could plan out your sleeping arrangements or make it a little bit easier for the transition for your toddler or baby is to sleep in the tent beforehand because some babies' tents are scary. Yeah, forest is a little scared at first. Yeah, but now he's used to it. Some yeah, of the blogs and some of the tips that I was reading online said that they slept in a week, for a week, in the what? tent, inside, before they went camping. With their kid? That just seems like a little bit overkill to me. Yeah, that's a lot of... I mean, for a one-night trip, but, yeah. I mean, if you're going for like four or five nights or something like that, you got to make sure that your kid is accustomed and that you plan out your your sleeping arrangements and if your door only has one if your tent only has one door then you got to be careful about when you put your kid to bed and when yeah. you go to bed and you also have to be silent lights because your tent lets light in it's not like pitch black in there so you got to be a little bit away from any light so if your cooking area is right outside your tent you're gonna have to be cooking in the dark or your your baby's gonna be waking up from your shadows crossing against the light and wondering what's going on and another thing to be aware of is where you're going camping if you're going where there's like no one around then that's probably not there you're not gonna have an issue with this but you should figure out if you're gonna be right next to another campsite and like if people are gonna be right next to you with their voices keeping your kid up or like if your kid cries if that's gonna be bothersome to the people around you with which I think people should have a little grace with that because it's not like you can control when your kid cries babies cry that's a thing that happens but just just be mindful of like the situation you're going into because some some of our spots in Big Sur were the only ones for like a lot like a lot of space and then like when we went camping in Yosemite we had a tent literally like four or five feet away from our tent they put it so close they did not have to put it that close but yeah. and i had to go full out. dad mode on them yeah i went over there 
at 10 o'clock because I thought that, you know, 10 o'clock, you should be quiet time. You should be quiet. Yeah. I'll just say these, they were eight men in their 20s, college students, and they were laughing like 14 year old girls. They were being so loud and singing Frozen and other. Like they were doing lots of loud songs, things, just being way <laughs> Phil of the future. Phil of the future. <laughs> Why? I don't even know what that is. I assume it's a Nickelodeon show. No, it's a Disney Channel show. Jeez. <laughs> okay. Wow. I used to love that show. Well, anyways, I went over there. I waited until ten o'clock, and I um, stood outside their tent, which was had like eight lanterns in it, and was yeah. looked like it was on fire. <laughs> and I said. Excuse me. It is ten o'clock. You did not say like that. We have a sleeping baby right next to you. I would appreciate it if you would be quiet. And they're like, you were oh, way nicer okay, than okay, that. okay, okay, okay. <laughs> no, I was not nicer I, than you that. Were. I was not I was like nicer half than asleep, that. So maybe I don't know, but it seemed a little nicer than that. No. Hello. <laughs> I just wanted to sound a little bit more gruff. I didn't like, want to be like. Hey guys, we got a sleeping baby next door. Um, do you mind like keeping it down? I because that's not how I felt. How I felt was like, "Hey, you guys are grown men. Shut up. Go to sleep." Oh my god. That's what I felt like. But I toned it down a little bit. Well, good for you. So, yeah, just kind of figure out your sleeping arrangements beforehand because it can be very, very stressful for parents. Yeah. When their baby's crying and there's someone right next door and you're like, "Uh, there's nothing I can do." Yeah. They just Babies cry. And don't be afraid to go dad mode if you have to. Yeah. Because really, 10, like some campsites, campgrounds say that nine is their quiet hours. So like nine or 10, if people are still being crazy loud and keeping your kid up, don't be afraid to be like, hey, be quiet. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Our last tip is number seven. Go. You read it. Oh, I thought you wanted to read these. Oh, I thought we were taking turns. (laughs) Be prepared, but also remain flexible, basically like everything in parenthood. And life. Yeah. So I like to be prepared for most most situations. Yeah. Not the worst. Well, like anything that anything could happen. Right. So like I have um, like a little EDC kit that stands for everyday carry. And what does that mean? It just means, you know, some things that you carry with you every single day. Like that you have on your person at any given time? Yeah, like uh. an, like a knife, a lighter, a pen. Wallet. Some cash. Wallet. Shoelaces. Wallet. Shoelaces, yes. Pants. Pants. I'm all wearing those <laughs> most of the time. Socks. Socks, hat, are, socks are in my EDC. <laughs> Stop it. So I'm just saying like a leather man. <laughs> Um, a knife sharpener, just, you know, some normal like stuff that you might, you might need. You wouldn't want to be caught without them in case my, my philosophy is, is better to have it and not need it than need it and not have it. Yes. I think my grandpa says that. But it's, it, it's kind of counter, it, it's like opposed to the minimalist side of me. So it's hard to maintain that no but you can't always know what's gonna happen though you have to have certain things you have to have at all times just like in your car you carry an emergency kit or you know stuff like that it's not like backwards from minimalism it's just 
you have to be prepared in the case that things like that do happen you know right and a lot of it is knowledge a lot of Mm -hmm. a lot of it is knowledge like yeah you can have an emergency kit in your car but if you don't know how to change a spare tire then you're kind of out of luck you know wait okay yeah (laughs) does that make sense to you yeah that makes sense i was thinking more of like i was meaning like a first aid kit but (laughs) well i have that too anyways go on (laughs) so when you're camping with babies you need to make sure that you are prepared so you know what your baby needs you know what the weather could be like but you also need to be flexible You need to be willing to change things at a moment's notice, not stay so rigid to whatever your perfect idea of your camping adventure was, but you just need to remain flexible because your baby's plans might not be the same as yours. They're never the same. Well, most of the time, they're never the same. Well, and for, I'll just share this story really quick. When we were camping in Big Sur recently, we had to move our whole entire campsite because of the wind we were on the top of this mountain cliff weird thingy and it there was literally like 40 mile an hour winds and we had just endured a night of rain plus the 40 mile an hour winds and we woke up the next morning and we're like we cannot stay here again yeah (laughs) and i was prepared like i had some extra tarps and i made a little wind break and we had a little cooking area that that was was covered from the rain and it was like a little a cooking tent but it was just made out of our car and a tarp like our car hood or no our trunk lifted up and the tarp and there he strung it to these stakes yeah i had some extra stakes had some extra paracord two extra tarps and i set this thing up and so i was prepared but then i was just like you know we can't do this so and the wind was supposed to be more the next night so we're like i don't even know if our tent can like withstand that so we had to move our entire campsite and it was a lot of work but it was nice our new camp site was nice and we made it work yeah as long as you're prepared and you remain flexible Mm -hmm. then everything will work out yep and let us know if you guys have any other tips that you can think of that would be helpful because we would love to know yeah because we're gonna keep going camping yeah and if you guys have any tips or tricks, not like the BuzzFeed tips or tricks, because that is a pile of garbage. Just like ones that you've tried and that you know that work. That yeah. You think we could benefit from or our listeners could benefit from. Yeah. If someone forwards me that like 25 things to do with your baby while <laughs> camping article again. Wait, um, did someone do that already? So many people. What? So many. Mostly family members. Oh, gosh. But it's like the most ridiculous stuff. (laughs) Like, make sure you bring your kids bike camping with you because even though they don't know how to ride it, it will look cool. What? Or, like, bring those playground mats and line your entire tent with them. Oh, boy. So they can't hurt themselves if they fall inside of your tent. What? Or make sure you bring an outdoor rug that's like 8 by 12 feet (laughs) so they have a play area. Well, so this is the way that some people camp, though. Yeah. Anyways. Not in my house. No. Or our tent. Not in my tent. <laughs> okay, so I'd like to share a couple of my recent faves from this week. Um, one of them is the NYX BB Cream. I don't know if it's NYX or NYX, but that brand, their BB Cream, is really great. What a BB Cream is, is foundation, primer, moisturizer like a whole bunch of things all in one and it's really great for someone who doesn't really have time to do makeup 
you know, doesn't have a lot of time for makeup and stuff. It's just an easy, like all in one type of thing. And I've really been loving it. It's nice. stays on long. It moisturizes my face. Love it. Um, my other favorite thing from this week is the Mason Bar Company. They ha- they make lids for jars that you can put a straw into. So it makes like any old Mason jar into a drinking cup that you could take like on the go. You could put smoothies in. You could put whatever you want. I use it for water because it helps me drink water like throughout the day. If I just see my jar sitting there, I'm like, oh, that's like still really full. I haven't drank that much water today. It's like a cool thing to drink water out of. So, and it's also good for essential oils. If you like to put essential oils in your water, you need, usually you need to have a glass container because the plastic can sometimes get deteriorated and go into your water. So these are really great for that also. So, yep, those are my faves. And the cool thing is it fits a straw in there. It's just the most revolutionary Mm -hmm. thing. Okay. It's so cool. It is cool. It really does help me drink water. Well, that's good. It sounds stupid, but I've heard from a lot of people that if they have something that's a little bit cool to drink water out of, it helps them drink more water. It's not just me. Yeah, that happened the first time I got the Camelback Eddie. (laughs) Yeah. Because it has a straw thing, and I would drink out of it all the time. It's like a straw sucker. It's like a a bottled nipple (laughs) at the top. Wow. Okay. (laughs) Never drinking out of that again. I don't even know where that is. (laughs) Anyways. My favorite things this week is something to make you more productive and something to help you sleep better. We all want to be more productive and we all want better sleep, right? Yes, I do. Both of those. Well, here is something that I have learned in the past year of my life. If you work really, really hard, you're very productive. Hmm. So, you know, you just work hard and you're more productive. You hustle and get work done and then you're productive. And when you work really hard, you sleep better. It's crazy. Yeah, but it's true. It is not crazy, actually. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Shout out to all of our international listeners. Yeah. I did not know that um, people across the world enjoyed us, but... <laughs> the re- thank you. The reason why We're I did... so enjoyable. <laughs> Sorry, go on. The reason why I did not know is because I was on iTunes and I was looking at her reviews and I was in the US store. So when I changed my location, I could see all the the reviews from around the world and um yeah, we just appreciate you guys listening and tuning in. Yeah, thanks, man. So share, subscribe, rate and review. Yes, please. I'd like to just give a quick shout out to Taylor Chesney. Holding it down in Bakersfield, California. Uh, it's just been awesome sitting with uh, Zach and Hannah, you guys. And thank you so much for this opportunity. Me and Taylor, uh, big fans. Big, big fans. Woohoo! And this week for Hannah's dad joke. What's the difference between a hippo and a zippo? I don't know. One is really heavy. The other is a little lighter. Oh, that is funny. <laughs> Zippo lighter. <laughs> that is so good. That is pretty good. All right. See ya. Why don't you give him a kiss? Nope. <laughs> you can't <laughs> trick me into it this time. <laughs> Bye. Happy trails.